This is Pep Hamilton, head coach, general manager of your D.C. Defenders. Enjoy the XFL show. Welcome, football fans. This is for the love of football, and this is the XFL Show. I'm Alan. And I'm Bryant. And we are getting close to kickoff in the NFL, but all I'm thinking about for kickoff this year are all the XFL players in that league. And of course, we're just waiting here with our hands saying, what the hell, what's going to happen with the future of the XFL? Is no news good news? Let's chat. This is episode 133, reunited, and it feels so good. And not just us, Bryant, not just us, but down in Carolina, the reuniting of the best XFL tandem there was. Yeah, Long Island, I guess you and I are moving to Carolina. That's the big news this week, that you and I are headed down south. Is it to north or south? Well, first right? of all, first of all, you're you're using my Brainbuster Radio name here on the XFL show, which is fine by me. And second of all, I'm not leaving. I am not leaving Pennsylvania for at least two months. At least that's my rule right now. So you could go to Carolina on your on your own. Oh uh, yeah, no. Uh, almost said it again. Alan uh, Cab Phillips finally lands a job in the NFL after being. I think he was our offensive player of the year, if I'm not mistaken, too, when we did our uh, top fives earlier on this year. Uh, yeah, He's headed to uh, Carolina uh, to be uh, paired up with P.J. Walker. That's pretty big. It's pretty awesome. It's pretty awesome. And uh, there's some other XFL guys we're going to chat about today on this episode. Remember, we've got the XFL fan line. If you want to call in and leave us a message, 724-565-4XFL, that Line is always open. You can just leave a message. If you want to talk XFL football with everybody that listens to this show and us, that's where you could do it. And, of course, you got the social media gimmicks at XFL Show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. That's at XFL Show. And uh, some would say you could tweet it, read it, tout it, shout it, and be all about it at XFL Show, Bryant. So <laughs> that, that's, the thing, that's the thing to do if we're going to do straight up. The BBR open to this show, which I love. <laughs> cross-brand cross brand promotion, I guess, yeah. is what this is. Uh, and Alan, and, or and of Alan. course, <laughs> this is a production of Pretty Easy Podcasts. Go to prettyeasypodcasts.com if you want to start your podcast today. And uh, you could get the contact section there. Uh, inquire. And I will respond to you. And we'll get your podcast going the way you want it to sound. And uh, yes. Here we are, back another week, Bryant. We are getting consistent with it. Pretty soon we'll have the video element back up. People are asking for that, but it's just been too hot for me to really do this shirt with appropriate clothing on just yet. I don't know about you in California. <laughs> I'm sure it's much worse. Uh, it's pretty hot out here, uh, Alan. It's it's also because I, I don't think the, studio, the, the office isn't studio ready, I think is what I would say. 
uh, we have some cool gimmicks that we want to put up, but right now, uh, parenting yeah, yeah, is taking yeah. over this office. Yeah, it's the office. It's, it's the office. It's not because <laughs> neither of us uh, want to wear a shirt while we're talking about this in in a room that we can't turn on the air conditioner or the or the fan. That's that's why for for the listeners. Key to podcasting, like anybody out there? No fans, no AC. It helps. Just a little little pretty easy podcast uh, behind the scenes. It's uh, a good secret. tip. It's a good tip. It's a good tip. All right, what do you say we dink and dunk real quick around some of the social action with the XFL this week? You gotta be kidding me! So yeah, that first one we're gonna get to the Cam Phillips and PJ Walker. We want to dive deeper into that, but some other news that came out uh, about the XFL this week was that Archie B. Hawk was supposed to be revealed in St. Louis this week, according to former Battlehawks president. Kurt Hunziker, Brian, you said, what does this tweet mean? And I said, probably a mascot, right? I think we met a lot of Archie B. Hawks outside uh, that stadium during opening weekend. But yes, I guess if you break it down, it makes sense, right? Archie for the arch, B for battle, and Hawk for it's a Hawk. They did right gravitate towards a bird, not aviation. When it came to a mascot, yeah, kind of what think we saw, so. right? The, the wings, really helicopters on cacao. No, they don't. Although it would be really cool if they did, but that probably would defeat the purpose for like a stealth, uh, you know, aircraft. Archie B Hawk, you put it together. Arch B for battle and Hawk. Or did you just see that online and then say that on the air like you're really smart? Because I did not put that together. Because I am a moron. Were you today? Were you today years old when you realized that that's what the breakdown of that mascot name was? <laughs> uh, pretty much. I I, I, <laughs> I I just learned that live on the show. So Archie B Hawk, get it? I would have named him Ribs Hawk because St. Louis, but I'm not that clever. And the uh, people I would have done the with the Hawks Archie are. toasted. I would have done Archie toasted Ravs Hawk. That's probably <laughs> what I would have done. Toasty Ravs. I'd love to see it. You know how they have the pierogi race in uh in Pittsburgh and they've got they've got the sausages in Milwaukee. What about some toasted Ravs race in there in St. Louis? Just a thought for the Battle Dome. Also, real quick, real quick, want to put this out there. Uh might be controversial, Bryant, but Battle Dome, I'm gonna say way better than the WWE Thunderdome. I don't know about you. Ooh, well, there was fans in the Battle Dome. Let's just be real. <laughs> and also, there, no, big also there, there weren't inappropriate. There wasn't as much inappropriate stuff going on in the Battle Dome as the Thunderdome, at least from what we yeah. saw this past week. Um, <laughs> oh, here's something. Okay, I did notice this. Are you that? Are you Mr. Smarty Pants when it comes to this? Uh, the Rock and Danny Garcia tweeted out that they got the keys last week when we talked about it on the show, but we yeah, didn't dive keys. into. Did you notice that? Yes, I did. Right away? <laughs> yes, right, like pretty pretty fast. Well, we didn't talk about it a lot. I noticed it too. I just didn't say anything. Well, the keys were released cool. on Friday, Alan. We did the show on Thursday. That's why we didn't talk about it. So you can slide on this one. That one's fine. I get a pass. All right, good. Yes. Those are really rad, and uh, one day should be put in the XFL Hall of Fame. And I think we're really just a, a cool a cool tweet i really dig that i'd say talk about a cool smartphone background i might make that 
what my tablet background, one of those keys. What do you think? That's a that was like the coolest image on Twitter I've seen in a, cu- a couple weeks. Yeah, the the whole aesthetics of that picture was pretty pretty cool. The background and all that. Oh uh, yeah, the rock silhouette, I guess, and Danny Garcia silhouette in a key form. I, I don't know where they got those made, and if I can make get one made with mine, I think the the nose might stick out a little too far for it to actually be usable. But that's pretty cool. I mean, they got the keys on Friday and had keys made of their faces. Pretty rad. Those are those are the owners of the XFL officially now. Uh, this is the yeah, that's the first show recorded now where they are the new ownership officially of the XFL. Uh, I just would say this: we haven't talked too much about this since the season was going on, Bryant. But um, well, let's hope and pray that The Rock, Danny Garcia, everybody at Redbird Capital, nobody watches the Sonic the Hedgehog movie, which I still haven't watched because of that Cardell Jones jinx. He watched it, and his season went in the gutter. The whole world went in the gutter when he saw Sonic. So I'm I'm not going to watch it. I'm steering clear, even though I'm a big fan of the Hedgehog. I'm a huge fan of the Hedgehog, but yeah, I think that just scared me away. Too much going on right now uh, to even attempt to kind of toy with the Sonic the Hedgehog curse or jinx. So I'm going to stay away from that for a little bit. So two things to the new ownership and, uh, you know, the people who might be thinking they need an official podcast for the XFL again, please, Mr. Rock and, and owner Danny Garcia, do not watch the Sonic the Hedgehog movie if you already haven't. It's cursed. Last bit of news here to Dink and Dunk, Bryant. The CFL, we touched upon this last week, is allowing players to opt out now since they canceled their season. Uh, but the opt-outs began this week. And according Tom Pelissero, the CFL is allowing them to opt out. And if you opt out, you're a veteran, you get a stipend of $6,600. But if you stay with the CFL, you get additional stipends. So a flood of talent maybe coming to not only the NFL, but potentially the future XFL. Yeah, I think that's, you know, a lot of players that now become available for the NFL, probably in the immediate future, maybe so. Uh, for the XFL in the, in the in a later future, I think it's. I mean, I, I kept reading about it all week. the The future of the CFL is like in dire straits. Like this is not good for the CFL right now, and who knows what's going to actually happen with them in twenty twenty one and beyond. Um, which I know would make you very sad. It would make anybody sad when a league folds. Really, you don't want to root for. No one ever roots for a league to fail. That's just horrible. Who would ever do such a thing? So. Um, a lot of players being available for the XFL. Will they still be around and available and still game ready when the XFL decides to finally kick off? I guess that's time will tell. Yeah, I'm I'm more excited for these CFL players opting out to get their NFL shot because it is still so up in the air. They, I doubt any of them are thinking XFL right now unless they have the financial ability to sit out and just wait until the XFL plan comes together and they start reaching out to players, but that is not even near happening right now. So the fact though, is that these players are maybe not going to have a CFL to go back to, like you said. So when time does come and the XFL does start reaching out to talent, damn, they're, they're going to have, I mean, way more players, I think to choose from than they had uh, last November before the season kicked off, Brian. 
Yeah, wasn't there some players who actually went to the CFL who were drafted in the XFL? I can't remember some of them off the top of my head, but I feel like they signed contracts with the CFL instead of taking their uh, chances in the XFL. Well, we definitely had players jumping from the CFL to the XFL. SJ Green was one that comes to mind is that went to, I believe, Tampa from the CFL, played there forever. So guys are definitely going to be looking at the opportunities in pro football be it NFL or XFL, uh, now that the CFL is canceled and for this season and potentially future seasons. So like we said last week, great news potentially for the XFL when they go to look at player development and player acquisition. But as football fans and as people who love the history uh, of the CFL in this state is sad. It's sad news. But there is there's a silver lining, I guess, especially if you're a lover of the XFL. Uh, before we finish and go to the cover two real quick, Bryant, you said you got a tweet. Yeah, last week, remember, we talked about um, relocation or any uh, uh, or cities that maybe should get renamed, change, uh, you know, venues, whatever it may be. Uh, we got a tweet here at XFL show from Jackie underscore Fagan. I think is what it is. Uh, sorry, guys, you are wrong. Dallas had a strong following between Oklahoma and North Texas. The Lone Star State is huge. Put another team in San Antonio, but leave the Renegades in DFW. Hashtag football in Texas is king. Hashtag Friday, Saturday, Sunday night lights. Hashtag the thanks for the show. Uh, cowboy emoji, football emoji. Uh, Alan, I think we talked about maybe relocating Dallas. I said we shouldn't relocate any. Uh, I think Vince was in favor of moving Dallas. We didn't really talk about adding a third team to Texas which already no. had two headstrong numbers, but I don't know if you want three teams in Texas when you're not only yet. 18 weeks. Yeah, not yet, at least. And maybe if they ever went to 10 or 12 teams eventually, but I'm hoping for eight. And, you know, Dallas, if, you know, if they, uh, if they were really that strong of a, of a market, then I don't think we would have heard the rumors, at least, especially when the bankruptcy began that, San Antonio was being looked at. Now that's rumors, but it makes sense to me. That's why I would th- I, I would hope that Renegades stay. I would hope, like you like you said, I would hope all the teams stay. But I would bet against that. And there are football towns in this country, I think, that really deserve a shot at it. And if from what we saw in early 2020, for some of those cities, maybe not showing out as much on the television ratings or in person. Uh, maybe give you definitely consider if you're the new owners, Danny Garcia and company definitely consider. Well, maybe this market might be a little bit better for that franchise, but more teams in Texas. You know, if the XFL takes off like gangbusters, hell yeah, more teams in Texas, all for that. But what happens if there's three teams with the Texas showdown or Texas throwdown, whatever we were calling it, Bryant? Can it, it can't? It's always Dallas and Houston, and then you got to come up with another name. For the San Antonio team, the Texas Menage a Trois. <laughs> Ooh, I don't, I don't know. If, I don't know <laughs> the Menage with Texas that you can never have that game uh, before 10 p.m. Then <laughs> on the West Coast. Sure. Uh, yeah, I don't want to get into what we talked about last week, so go back and check that out. But yeah, three teams in Texas to me right now seems like a little bit too much. I think you either move one of them that are already in Texas, or um. Or just don't move any at all. I would love to have a team in San Antonio based on what we saw in the AF, but but yeah. So thank you again for that tweet. Remember, tweet at us at XFL Show, uh, the fan line too as well. Uh, you can 
call that 724-565-4XFO or you also text it. Uh, what do we have to say here? It's a text standard texting rates do apply. Yes. And, and yeah, we appreciate all the social media action as well at XFL show. Let's take it now to this week's cover two. I got screwed up. I just got screwed up. And I think it would have been a big screw up for the Carolina Panthers to have PJ Walker as their quarterback and not even think about getting Cam Phillips in camp. But thankfully, they didn't screw this up. And, you know, they brought him in and now they signed him. Nine touchdowns. Cam Phillips is a Carolina Panther and, yes, a teammate of P.J. Walker once again. Real quick note, is is Carolina your new second favorite team in the NFL like it is mine, Brian? They'll, they'll be my second favorite to watch, that's for sure. I mean, other than my favorite team, I think watching the Panthers to see if we can get glimpses of, of what we saw in the XFL is going to be very exciting for me. Uh, to see Cam Phillips possibly throwing touchdowns. I'm sorry, catching touchdowns from P.J. Walker. How can you not want to watch that? P.J. Walker's in a battle with Will Greer in that camp right now for the backup to Teddy Bridgewater. And you have to believe with the skill set he has and also the, I'm not going to say fragile Teddy Bridgewater, but he does have horrific injury history, even though he's been all right as a backup for the last few years. P.J. Walker, I think, has an excellent chance of getting on the field in Carolina. And we'll see how Cam Phillips battles through camp under the new ruler of the Panthers, Matt Rule, who I got to believe is going to keep like a billion wide receivers uh, on staff uh, on that roster, especially with what they have expanded rosters now, too. Right. So uh, Cam Phillips getting a job in the NFL. Really good to see when the when the our player of the year, Bryant not getting into the NFL would have been, I think, kind of a downer. So this was really, uh, I think, a victory for what we saw in terms of the quality of the play in early 2020. Do you think this is based off of, um, you know, they they saw Cam Phillips play and they wanted him or because of the connection that they have with P.J. Walker that maybe they're looking for that same kind of spark uh, between the two in the NFL? I mean, all I think all that factors into him getting a shot, but then you see they do have a ton of players – at wide receiver who have had at least a modicum of success and notoriety in the NFL and in college. So Cam Phillips, it's not like he's going to just walk in there and, you know, get all these opportunities. This guy is going to have to work for them all. But I think that was definitely an in for him. Okay, we got P.J. Walker here. We saw what this guy did dominating in the XFL. And who knows if P.J. Walker has anyone's ear, but I'm sure – he let someone know about it, about Cam Phillips, and it's really cool to see. Um, the other the other thing I'm watching in terms of former XFL players now in training camps with the NFL season approaching Bryant in L.A., the Chargers have Storm Norton, and he's been going up against Joey Bosa. And I rarely read other teams' practice notes, training camp notes, other than the Steelers, the team I root for. Uh, but I have been keeping up on Storm Norton versus Joey Bosa news, and He's holding his own, apparently, in camp against one of the premier pass rushers in the NFL. Our close personal longtime good friend, Storm Norton. That's awesome. <laughs> no, it is really cool to go against the best. I guess, you you know, what better way to, to show your worth than being able to go up against one of the best pass rushers uh, in the league. Storm Norton, you know, the first overall draft pick in the offensive line draft in the XFL for the Wildcats uh, really is going to be, you know, not too far from where he 
was playing for the XFL. So I think the, the comfortability probably has to do a lot with uh, what Storm Norton's being able to do and getting that opportunity. And he was one of the, it was a lot of fun watching him play in the XFL, rumbling and stumbling down that field. Uh, you get him on a screen and watch out. It was a lot of, it was, it was go back and watch some of the highlights of Storm Norton because that was uh, an incredible sight to see in the XFL. Players from the XFL to keep an eye out for in the NFL. The worst part about it, no preseason in the NFL, which is where we would have gotten to see a lot of these guys in some more action. But I have a feeling a lot of them will make the the week one rosters. Storm Norton included, I'd bet on him. Donald Parham, though, that's your guy, the tight end. A 7'12 tight end for the Renegades. Now in Chargers camp. I mean, I... I haven't read as much gl- glowing reviews of him as much as Storm Norton, but it sounds like he is impressed somewhat, especially with that size. So let's hope he makes it as well there in L.A. Yeah, well, the size alone, I think, is what made him such a a great target for whoever was throwing him the, the ball in Dallas. Um, and, and that in the NFL will speak volumes. If you're six seven, I want to say, and you, and you can just kind of jump over everyone and catch touchdowns in the red zone, uh, that's value uh, for really anyone uh, in the NFL. All right. So before we move on to part two of the cover two, you had a tweet out this week, Bryant, that you asked to everybody at XFL show. You asked everybody on uh, Twitter this question. You said, let's bring it to the show this week. So why don't since it's your question, you ask it and explain what you're looking for here. Yeah. So on Twitter, I put this question out, uh, Alan, just maybe also so we could talk about it on here because it kind of dawned on me, you know, when Cam Phillips got signed, how I felt about this. So I said, for a player who gained exposure in the XFL, what level of success do they need to reach in the NFL for it to be, quote unquote, worth it? And I think that just stems from, you know, is the XFL and taking a chance in the XFL worth it or is it even being a viable option for players uh, if they get to the if they get an NFL opportunity? Oh, I, I'm going to answer this easily. Uh, it's worth it if they get into training camp and get to compete, you know, on a on a level playing field and aren't just the camp body. Which I think a, a, a lot of these guys are more than just camp bodies right now in the NFL. Uh, I know Savon Walker with the Steelers, defensive lineman. He is definitely more than a camp body, especially with the amount of injuries they experience on the D line. I think going to be a, a a contributor that's totally worth it if you get to the invite to compete in an nfl camp that's that makes your xfl journey more than worth it if you ask me and some would say just getting the invite at all is worth it but i think getting the invite and getting to be in legit competition is really that threshold you're trying to reach yeah you know so much talk was made right when the af shut down is you know they need to be a minor league for the nfl and you know in in some ways these leagues are but they don't have to be directly in them you know you give players exposure and they're able to actually sign a contract to to compete in a training camp you know some people were saying on twitter you know answering this question they were saying pro bowl but maybe not like pro bowl status but at least maybe close to a pro bowl and i'm like if they get to play that's that's something that wasn't in their grasps, yeah. You know, before they actually got that exposure in the XFL. So I think you're kind of stretching it a little bit too much. You know, you're not going to have a, you know, everyone. Not everyone's going to be Tommy Maddox and right and have these. What was it? Three great seasons in Pittsburgh or something like that. Or I don't exactly remember how many. But as long as you get a, on a roster, you get an invite. I think the XFL is worth it for at least you trying to get back. And that's if that's the, your goal. 
right? That's if the yeah. NFL is your goal. I think it's worth it even if that's not your goal. If your goal is just to be a pro football player and make a living uh, playing football, that's worth it. And if you're a fan of football and getting to watch football year-round, that makes it worth it for you. But for in the player's perspective, some of them, I think, I mean, maybe not all of them. <laughs> maybe I don't know how this would be an interesting conversation for later as well. What percentage of the guys in the XFL do you think legitimately thought they had a shot at the X, at the NFL? I probably I think it would be high because you got to have that self-confidence. But there are guys out there who just know this is my chance to be a pro football player. I'm gonna, This is the XFL. This is where I belong. This is where I'll be. I'm not going to worry about the NFL. There are those guys too, and it's worth it for them to just be in the XFL. But the vast majority, I think, yeah, want to be in the NFL. And getting that camp invite is crucial in terms of making you feel satisfied that you committed all those months to playing in the XFL. Yeah, I don't think a player who plays in the XFL for one season and then doesn't get an NFL invite is going to be like, well, I think I'm good. Like, they'll be back. Right, they'll, they'll, they'll want to keep playing some professional football in the XFL. So, absolutely. All right, so we've got more players to keep an eye on. Training camps are winding down in the NFL, and then, like I said, no preseason. So we would be breaking down, I think, a lot of tape on our former favorite XFLers. But unfortunately, we got to wait till week one to see who even makes it on the field, which maybe has to be a conversation for next week or the week after. Bryant, maybe some XFLers in the NFL predictions, but we'll save it. Save it. We'll table it. We'll save it. We'll go to part two here of our cover two. Former D.C. Defenders president Eric Moses with a new job, and he is the first black man to hold the title of president of Nashville Super Speedway. And that's the first black man to hold a title in any NASCAR track. And this one is Nashville Super Speedway. This is a huge deal in the NASCAR world. But I think and with the XFL spin on it, Great for Eric Moses, for sure. This is great. It's historic, and it's big news. But we want to focus on the league here, Brian. Big loss for D.C. sports and the D.C. defenders, particularly if Eric Moses was someone The Rock and Danny Garcia and Redbird Capital were thinking about reaching out to to return to the XFL. Uh, yeah, they helped build that franchise into what it was. You know, that that was probably one of the most electric fans in in the league, uh, at least diehards with that, you know, with everything going on with Washington football uh, in, in professional sports. I think the, the D.C. Defenders were a breath of fresh air for that community in that city. Um, so what Mo, Eric Moses and Pep Hamilton um, were able to do, uh, you know, Pep Hamilton was like the young gun in the, in the league, right? And, and everybody, I really enjoyed watching him coach, not so much just what he was able to do, but just kind of seeing how his brain worked um, on a football field was was very entertaining to me. So to see what's going on in D.C., a lot of holes to fill there, although D.C. itself um, I think will be fine. I just think losing those two key pieces, uh, you know, would be more drastic, I think, before the season. Now with whatever's going on in the XFL, I think they'll be okay, but still uh, huge gains for whoever has those two people, uh, Moses and, and Hamilton. Yeah, so Eric Moses goes to NASCAR. Pep Hamilton, like you said, no longer with D.C. and won't be even if you know people do come back to the league. He's with the Chargers and uh, coaching quarterback. So. Can I say this real quick? With Pep Hamilton, he left a, a decent job in in college did he not to be, to be a coach in the XFL. To be a head coach, correct. He left what the offensive coordinator at 
Michigan. I forget Michigan, right? So not to say that he would do that again. He is in the NFL being a quarterback's coach, but maybe he enjoyed being, you know, the helm at the helm and he wants to be back. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, he's done it and, before. He was one yeah, of those first. Have. Yeah, it can, that can happen for sure. Uh, you know, it, and plus with the XFL kicking off, probably being a ways down, at least on the betting odds, uh, there might be opportunity for a guy like Pep Hamilton to return a guy like Eric Moses, this position he's jumping into definitely sounds like he won't be back. So when we do start, we're next, we're going to talk about, you know, returning personnel as coaches and whatnot. And we heard rumors this week that the league, uh, new league owners would be reaching out to former heads of franchises, former coaches and stuff and seeing who has interest in coming back and what might be able to be worked on. Um, you hear people moving on great for them but you got to believe it's going to be a completely different organization now when you talk about like the dc defenders with the revamp of the xfl compared to where they were last season and that's probably going to be the case for the majority of the teams in the xfl when things get back up and running but we're seeing i think the first instance of that reality here with the people who were running the D.C. Defenders who were fantastic and doing a great job and had a team that was competing for the East and had a, a rabid fan base that became iconic immediately with the beer snake. And so farewell to Eric Moses and his new venture. Cannot wait to see how the D.C. Defenders are molded moving forward, but that was definitely the right man for the job the first go-around, and so is Pep Hamilton. But life goes on, and... Now that leaves, really, I mean, you still have Pep on the table, Bryant, but I only have really seven coaches eligible to return to the XFL besides him. I don't think he would come back. Who I'm not, I have no, I don't, I don't know him personally, except for when he's been on this show. But I gotta believe being in the NFL is gonna really tickle his fancy, and especially with how jobs are lost in the NFL, there an opportunity might come knocking for him there. So with that said, seven other guys on my mind, you might have him included here. How about in this week's Hot Read, we talk about the potential for coaches returning to the XFL. You hit me with this one this morning, and I wasn't too prepared, but I think I'm ready now, so let's do this one. Let's rock. It's this week's Hot Read. And it's just a couple simple questions here to break down, Bryant. And I did hit, hit you with it last minute because we had – some other kind of conversations we wanted to dive into, but stemming off what we saw at the D.C. Defenders, I thought this was the appropriate direction to go into. How many coaches return to the XFL, if any, and which coach should the league covet the most? If you're Danny Garcia, The Rock, Redbird Capital, who do you go after the hardest? Who do you beg and plead? Come back to the XFL. You belong with insert team name here. You were insert team name here. We need you coaching. Uh, insert team name here again. So two-part question here, um, Alan. I think when I say how many coaches will return, at first, my over-under was 0.5, to be honest. Um, and I was at the under on the 0.5 of how many coaches would actually come back. But now that I think about it more and I think about all the what some of the coaches were able to accomplish in the XFL and how it looked and how passionate some of them were. I'm going to put it at 3.5 is my over under. And I'm going to go, I'm going to go, I think it's three. So I'm going to go under. 
I think you have Winston Moss. Who, who, oh, you know what? I'll put it at four. I think I have Winston Moss, um, June Jones, Kevin Gilbride, and Mark Tressman. I think those are the four that probably want me to come back the most and that the XFL would want to have back the most. And if I was the XFL, the one I would want to have back the most, I'm going to sound like a favorite here, like, a, like I'm doing some favoritism here, is Winston Moss. He was so entertaining for the league, and especially if they're going to continue with this concept of of so so much, you know, sideline, you know, noise and, and voices and, and microphones and all that stuff. I think you definitely want Winston Moss back just because he's so entertaining. So you're at three and a half is the over under for how many return? Yeah, and I think I'm at four, so I'm gonna go over. But I think it's okay. at three and a half. I'm gonna take That's the I'm, un- gonna I'm gonna take the under. I'm gonna take the under, and I'm gonna go with one. And I think the one is Winston Moss because it feels like not this is not favoritism because it, it just feels like it makes sense. Super entertaining on the sidelines with the that that sort of angle, you know, the rock with, with his brand and how he is marketed at different the Titan games and, and whatnot. And his self, that is the kind of ballers that is the kind of coach that just fits that mold. I feel he's a he's a you grad. I mean. He went to the U. It just makes sense. Winston Moss returning. He's even said he'd like to return to the XFL. So, insert name here. You need Winston Moss helming the Wildcats. I don't care where they play. So, that's my one guy coming back. And who should the league covet the most? I was leaning Winston Moss because he does fit that so well. But, uh, at the same time, I mean, I feel like that's going to be an easier get than some of the other coaches. So, who do you covet most? It's Bob Stoops, obviously, but I mean the bankruptcy and everything that went down with the league. It just you got to believe it left some sort of sour grapes in Bob Stoops' mouth. Also, with rumors about him maybe wanting to get back into college one day. I mean, it just doesn't feel possible. It feels like a big hill to climb to get him convinced to come back. But I, him the most. he's the biggest name, and he and. He, the was, only time his name was actually like out there when he was an XFL coach is when people thought he was leaving the XFL. Like that's not good news for the XFL. You need to only be like Bob Stoops is our coach, and the only reason you know that is because he might go to Florida or he might go to Notre Dame. That's why you know about him. But right he's now. also like, super professional and you know a guy you can rely on. I don't think the league had any problem with Bob Stoops. The only problem that arose was the league folded, and you know Bob Stoops was a part of the creditors. With that bankruptcy from, you know, everything we got to read on the public files. So that's just, I feel like that's such a, I mean, every network's going to cover Bob Stoops coaching in some league. It doesn't matter where. So I feel like that's the guy you covet. But personally, obviously, the guy I want back the most is Winston Moss. I'd love to see Mark Tressman. I will say, I think, not being ageist or anything here, but I feel like that the, the, you got to take an age in, as a factor for guys like Kevin Gilbride, Jude Jones, the exhaustion of what they built with you know getting the league started. Do they want to go through all that again? Um, I mean, I would bet no. I would hope they'd be back. I literally uh, was a fan of all the coaches in year one. I thought they all did a great job of representing the league, of putting out the best possible football they could, even when his team was just looking terrible. Kevin Gilbride got something out of the Guardians, and they were fire, firing back. But uh, I just feel like it's unlikely we see many of the same faces roaming the sidelines in the return of the XFL. I hope not, 
similar to last week's conversation, Brian. I want to see a lot of what 2020 had back when the league kicks off again. But realistically, I feel like it's at one. Maybe, maybe two, because you got to believe Jim Zorn wants another crack at it in Seattle. Give it the old, the good old try, good old, good old try hard. Jim Zorn. Good old one point try when you're down with by three in a in a with five minutes left in the game. Oh my Um, gosh! (laughs) uh, You know, I think if I remember correctly, Kevin Gilbride was the one who had said that he wanted to coach for his grandkids. So because you know his his kids had, had already aged out his his grandkids were getting to that age where you know they were getting fun but he also wanted to coach and show them you know this is what grandpa does so i could see his passion wanting to be there and he was so he was one of the most passionate coaches in the league when it came to his players at least from what we could see in those locker room halftime discussions or post-game um you know discussions so i i think i think most of the coaches would want to come back you know i question whether or not Bob Stoops wants to come back just because of all the, the, the outside noise that he gets and whether or not he wants to pursue one of those opportunities. Uh, Jim Zorn, you know, Jim Zorn was a huge draw because of the Seattle ties, you know, and, and Seattle did so well without him, really, you know. I don't know if it's a necessity to bring him back either. I think Mark Tressman, um, he showed some, some passion, some drive as well, so I think he would be good in Tampa, you know, if he's living there anyway or something like that, you know. That might be an easy job for him. There's some coaches out there I think definitely want to coach again, um, or else they wouldn't have you know committed to the XFL in the first place. So maybe the the league folding in 2020 left a sour taste in some of their mouths. But also if they're if they know why the league folded and they believe that it's because of the pandemic, then I think they'll give it another shot. Do you think that? The, the Rock and company will be pursuing younger coaches like Sean McVay types because they're going to want, you know, more fire, more relatability to a younger audience, potentially better looking. <laughs> Do you think that'll factor in at all into what the new owners are looking for for the, the coaches of this league? Do you want me to pause so you can find the hotter, younger drop while I discuss this, uh, Alan, there? <laughs> hotter um, and younger. Well, that's supposed to be. Vince usually has that on deck, but I got I got um, you. Uh, either way, I think the XFL has to find a balance in what they want to do. You know, the, the XFL had the stigma of 2001. You know, in 2018, Vince McMahon came out and said it's going to be about the quality of the play. What does The Rock uh, what does Danny Garcia want to do? Do they want to follow that path of what Vince McMahon said and said it's about the quality of the play? Or is it the entertainment factor and they want to make a great television product that people want to go and watch and find characters rather than great coaches? I think that's just what's, you know, that's all the questions that we have to get figured out before we kick off again and what their ultimate goal is, is to put a great product on the field with the great players and then maybe, you know, you you bite the bullet a little bit on the coaches to get good character coaches out there that actually give you interviews and give you good sound bites. Hotter and younger. There you go. <laughs> so uh, I think those are all questions for uh, for you know The Rock and Danny Garcia to, to actually uh, figure out. But to me, if it's still about the quality of the play, I think you find the best coaches. And you also have these coaches who, who built playbooks, Alan, based on what the XFL's rules were. To bring coaches in all over again to do all that all over again, I think would just be a detriment to your timeline when, when you're trying to kick off as soon as possible. 
Yep, I think filling in as much of what was there before that was working is is hopefully a goal. But even more so, everyone's talking about who's going to be back and you know rumors about they're calling coaches this week and whatnot. Thing I'm most excited about is what you just broke down, Brian. I just can't wait for the talking points from the new ownership, like quality of the play, like good Chris football, the drops. We need interviews where they're you know basically branding the league the way they see fit and getting us to say and think about what the XFL is going to be. That that's what it's all about. That was the fun of the journey on the way to kick off 2020, learning the vision and beating it in, into the into the ground and, and really getting us excited about it. Quality of play, good Chris football, faster, you know, less stall, more ball, stuff like that. That's what I'm excited to see what they come up with or what they keep when it comes to the branding and marketing of the league because I think all of that is going to happen before we hear about personnel and everybody coming back or not coming back in the XFL. But that does it for this week's Hot Read, Bryant. Uh, next week, I'm sure we'll have a few other debates. We got what NFL starting, so we got to look at some XFL players that are going to be suiting up in the fall. So that's one thing to keep an eye on. And uh, yeah, we're going to have. Uh... Oh, go ahead, Alan. I'm sorry. As I say, and we're gonna, and we're going to have hopefully more um, Kurt Hunziker hijinks on Twitter because he's made it onto the show three weeks in a row. You know, I can't wait for the uh, for the Rock and Danny Garcia TED Talk, kind of like the what. Uh... Uh, Vince McMahon did in 2018 when they're ready to kind of launch their plan. I think they're all still just kind of you know, build that up. And but we'll get it here eventually where we can get cool little drops and sayings and exactly what the goals are of them with the XFL. But uh, we'll be covering it all. So make sure you follow us on all social media platforms at XFL Show. Uh, subscribe and listen to us every single Friday morning on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your preferred podcast app. Uh, also catch us on thisisthexflshow.com or on youtube.com slash this is the XFL show, the official YouTube page of the XFL. That's where we're at. And like Bryant said, we are going to be active more and more on social media. We're going to be talking to you and we're going to be playing your uh, fan line calls. I've actually got a handful here. I got to sift through Bryant. Didn't have time this week to get him on the air, but we will. We got people asking, I want to talk football with you. That's where you do it on the XFL fan line. And, hey, we it's a new road, but we've been down a similar road when it comes to all this, when it comes to waiting for that TED Talk, or wait, you know the, the branding, waiting to hear about coaches, waiting to hear about all this news. And what happens is that does eventually come out. And then what we do is we analyze it, we discuss it, we talk to people about it who are in the know, we reach out to the league and we build it back up, baby. The XFL. It is going to be coming back and coming back stronger. I truly, truly believe that from what we've seen so far, and especially with the circumstances out there in the football world, it just makes sense to have the XFL get another crack at this. And I think this time that crack is going to be going to the moon, Brian. Uh, wrong podcast. I don't know. you there. We're I messed the that up. Yeah. <laughs> Wrong podcast. Brainbuster Radio if you want to talk wrestling. That's that's where we do that. All right. Anything left, Bryant? We gotta get out of here. That's it, sir. Let's get out of here. Be safe, All right. everyone. Yes, be safe, wear your masks, and also uh hydrate, because it's hot out there. For Bryant, I'm Alan. This is the XFL show. Remember, they're listening.